Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, we're going to be talking uh, once again about um, how to structure terms on a property that needs a lot of work. And we've touched on this in the past, um, but I, I still think that people misunderstand it. There's definitely a lot of misunderstandings um, when it comes to creative financing and, and structuring terms on properties that need a lot of work. So um, just this past week, Jeff uh, had someone that reached out to him and was asking him questions on how to do this. So we thought that we'd make an episode out of it, uh, teach all of our listeners out there, or you know, at least review if you already kind of know. But um, yeah, so let's take it from there, Jeff. To just set the the stage a little bit, this happened yesterday, and uh, a fellow investor, local investor, called me and uh, wanted to go through this particular situation. And what, one of the things I want to make clear to our listeners is that this is probably the most difficult type of creative financing when you're dealing with significant repairs and significant is is a very gray area right um and i'll I'll tell you what kind of repairs this property needs um but you got to be careful because if it needs too much in repairs you 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 may have an issue trying to get it sold and uh, you know even creative finance creative financing can solve a lot of problems can't solve all the problems and misunderstanding uh, number one it can't solve every problem yeah and so what, one of the things that we'll do, and um, I, I have no offers written out for this, so I, I'm going to have to work through these numbers. I, you know, I sort of did yesterday. I threw out some ideas, but I'm going to have to work through these numbers. Um, and we'll probably only come up with two, maybe three different options, and we'll do it fairly quickly. But uh, you know, we, we may need a little, just so you know, I'm not super prepared I don't have these all written out yet. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's set the stage. Uh, single family home. It's worth between two forty five and two sixty. Uh, it needs probably thirty five to forty thousand dollars in work, and that work would be that it's dated. It's got a partially unfinished basement, so it's a four bed, one bath. Okay. You could add another bath in the basement um and it would need some uh some sheet walk sheet sheet rock rock, thank you uh (laughs) and um so it's not like uh, major repairs um it's certainly livable and i think that's the distinction i really want to make is that uh Uh, let's switch gears really quickly. So I just did a deal um, and we may have already talked about this, but 
Uh, I just did a deal where the, the ARV is 360. The property needs 40 to $50,000 in work. And I bought it for 228. Okay. It was a pre foreclosure. I reinstated the loan and I had to buy it because we were up against the, the trustee sale. Right. So if you think about the numbers for that property, 360, and then you take 80%, which is what our rehabbers will pay in Utah right now, um, minus the repair costs, you are at 360 times 0.8 minus 50. We're at 238. So I could probably wholesale this property and make ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars, right? That was way more work than I, I. I wouldn't have done it if I thought I was going to make ten, twelve, thirteen. I, th- this property got brought to me three days before the trustee sale, and uh, so in my mind, I've taken over existing debt, right? Um, I, and I've got whatever amount of time I need, but there's too much money going to be left in this property for me to want to hold it long-term, right? I had to give the seller some money. I had to reinstate the loan. And then we've got these repair costs, right? It's way too much money to leave in the property. It won't make sense. So I'm looking at it as what could I sell this property for as is, I, I don't want to rehab it. Um, and the rehab is it smells like cat urine um it's it's dated um it needs flooring paint throughout it needs an updated kitchen a couple of bathrooms just need to be totally redone and uh but the roof's fine the roof was actually just replaced could use some landscaping that kind of stuff i just don't want to do it too big of a job for for us so what, I, what my plan was is I was just going to control the property for the money that I needed to, so the reinstatement and the money, the equity to the seller, and then we were going to go put it on the MLS for considerably more than 238 okay. um, What my goal was was 275 280 which is still $80,000 below market value and see what the market would pay. Turns out our transaction coordinator had a friend that wants to buy it and agreed to 265 and as is. So I don't have to do any work um, and we're working on the deal right now. Now that's a very similar situation to what we're going to be dealing with here. In actuality, that property probably needed as much, if not a little bit more work than the example we're covering right now. Okay. But those were my real options, right? Um, is that I, I sort of wholesaled, wholetailed it. Um, and I could have gone in and just done paint and flooring and gotten rid of the cat smell um, uh, and probably even gotten more, but I didn't want to. Um, I've got a bunch of money tied up in this. And as you know, I don't like to keep money tied up in properties. So, Let's talk about this one. So this was a four bed, one bath, partially unfinished basement. Um, would rent for fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. Um, they owe seventy thousand. 
on two mortgages, so thirty-five apiece. Um, one payment is six ninety-seven PITI, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. The other one is two fifty, and my guess is that's an equity line. Uh-huh. Um, taxes are one hundred and twenty-five dollars a month, and insurance we guess forty to fifty dollars a month, something in there. Okay. Okay, so here's a couple things that I want you to look at right away. The seller may be open to longer term financing because they're trying to avoid their big capital gains tax bill. Okay. Okay. And they don't necessarily need any money up front. Okay. First thing is, is that so these guys made them an offer of 170,000 cash. So basically um, uh, the same equation that I just did, um, and that was 260 times 0.8 yeah. minus you know, 40. That would be 168 and they offered 170. My guess is they would rehab it themselves as opposed to wholesaling it. Right. Okay. And he, he hasn't said no to that, but with that, he's come back and said, I'd like a little more money um, and uh, I don't need to get it right now. And to be honest, he probably doesn't want it in the near future either. Um, so <laughs> they asked me to see if there's something that we can do. Well, this would be easy if it didn't need $35,000, $40,000 in work. Um, yeah. you know, we would just create you know, normal terms that we, we do all the time and try to sell to either an owner-occupant or a landlord. Uh-huh. Um, but that $35,000, $40,000 in work creates a bit of an issue. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your thoughts right away, Jonathan? What? what what do you think? Short-term buy and hold. Uh, well, short-term short term is not necessarily what he wants. Yeah, because of the capital gains. Yeah, that, that I would go there too, but that that's not necessarily what the seller wants. And, and I think that's a key point because this becomes a little more than just what we want, right? That we, we've got to take into account what the seller wants. Okay. We'll get uh, that deal if we do. Yeah. What about, I mean, if he could spread his capital, I would ask him this question. If you could spread your capital <coughs> over, you know, two years, would that make a big enough difference? Oh, I think he's thinking more like 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure then. Um, okay. With the amount that's owed uh, and he doesn't want to pay capital gains and that's the, that's his biggest reason. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where to take right. it. Yeah. Well, let's let's come up with some ideas. So we already have one hundred and seventy thousand cash, right? Uh huh. So we're going to leave that, and we're going to structure our other offers based on that. So higher, right? Okay. Because cash is always our lowest. We could certainly come back and say, "Hey, we'll offer you one seventy six thousand, one seventy seven, short term. You know, six months." but that doesn't necessarily fix his issue. Yeah. So what I want to look at is at least a couple of options that may work for him um, 
more um, along his timeline. Yeah. Right? So we'd so, be looking at this more as a buy and hold and holding it for a long period. In this correct. Situation. So we're most likely our buyer now becomes either a landlord or um, an owner occupant. Yeah. As so, opposed to like a rehabber. Yeah. If there's so much money required to fix it up, then we have to get in really light with the seller as far as a down payment. Um, and supposedly he's willing to do it with little to no money down. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So what, what if we said, first of all, do you think it's possible for, well, let, let's look at it from a landlord perspective first. So if we had $1,500 a month in rent um, and we worked backwards, right? And we took out the 125 for taxes, 50 for insurance, um, you know, our debt service, um, you know, maybe water, sewer, garbage, maybe 60 bucks. Um, and we're paying, the seller's paying 950 okay? Okay. So we're at... Mm, 315 How much? 315 Is that what you got? Well, plus the debt service. So we're at about you know eleven eighty five. Oh, I, I was saying three fifteen in cash flow. Oh, um, oh, that's right, three fifteen in cash flow. Three fifteen um, in cash flow. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we can reduce. Maybe we can pass on that water sewer garbage to someone else, right? And it, yeah. Okay, so eleven twenty five that's really the best that we've got to work with. So we've got, you know, $375. Um, you know, we got to split that between the seller getting some additional money. Cause I can't imagine that the seller would lock up all this equity, get no money up front and have no monthly cash flow. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that really wouldn't make much sense. No. Um, however, we still got to be able to offer our buyer, some cash flow or else no one's going to want to really buy this. Right. So we kind of have a problem. There's not enough to go around. Um, the good thing is, is that um, the taxes and insurance are escrowed in that monthly payment. Right. Uh -huh. So, um, so we, we could actually structure this a little better. So what if we offered the seller, a thousand dollars principal and interest so that's a hundred dollars a month cash flow okay. plus he'll be reimbursed the 125 dollar taxes every month right uh -huh. so now they're getting 11.25 so he's making 225 dollars a month and now our buyer would be at about 1175 now they would make 300 325 dollars a month cash flow yeah okay so now that becomes you know it's not ideal um the seller's not making a ton of cash flow and i don't see a way that the seller is really going to make a ton of cash flow yeah. um you know is is the seller going to be all right making 225 maybe maybe 275 a month for the next 10 years um, with no money up front. 
Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> doubtful. At least yeah. in my mind, right? Doubtful. Yeah. Um, it's not enticing. <clears throat> so what these guys wanted to do was try to figure out a way to, to buy it on terms, stay in the middle, and then sell it on terms. And I'm like, I don't see enough room to do that for anyone. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time trying to make sure that our buyer and seller both get, you know, money. And uh, when you're in the middle, you got to make sure there's even more room. And uh, to me, I, I wouldn't look at it that way on this deal. Okay. Yeah. So let's just play around for a second. What if we offered the seller 205? So that's 35,000 more than what we did with the 170. It's still, um, let, let's say this property could be worth 260 if you added a bathroom. By, by the way, could we just go in and do some of this work? I had another bathroom, um, you know, paint and some flooring, and that's it. You know? um, so now it's a four bed, two bath. It's not totally updated, but, you know, looks nice it, it, it's fine um you know instead maybe we spent 20 grand doing that as opposed to 35 or 40 to try to retail it yeah we could yeah, if it's gonna the be problem rent. is is that this this property is only worth 250 260 what do we expect to get down from our uh buyers typically uh, especially owner occupant uh, we like 10 percent. yeah so We'll, we'll be lucky to basically recoup our money that we just put in it. Right. Uh, we're, we're not getting much money up front, if any. Um, there's not going to be a tremendous cash flow. Um, and we're going to have to wait, you know, five to 15 years to get paid anymore, really. Yeah. Okay. So I don't love that idea. Um, so what I would look at is, I'm going to sell this property to an owner occupant that is okay doing a little bit of work, a work for equity kind of situation. And um, so at 205, maybe we're going to sell this property for 235. Not a huge markup, um, but it's, you know, 25,000 below what it could be worth. And I'm going to make them a good deal. Um, so if we're going to do that, then we'll offer the seller 205 and maybe we'll do one of my hybrid offers. Well, let's see if we offered them 205 with no money down. So we're asking mm -hmm. them to finance 205. Okay. At just 4% amortized over 30 years, our payment's 978. <coughs> okay. 978 plus the... Um, uh, taxes and insurance. Um, you're at you know about twelve hundred bucks, not even twelve hundred, eleven fifty or so. That's a good payment for that buyer. Um, yeah. And we could just pass that along. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what I would say is, um, what what does this get the seller? It's not um, not much cash flow, so yeah. I don't really like. It's not. It would work for our buyer. It's not going to really work for our seller. Yeah. yeah. So 
let's try like one of my hybrid um, type situations. And maybe we even up it a little bit, 207. Okay. Remember the goal here is that we're going to get more. Well, let's not. Let's leave it at 205. Because I'm, I'm thinking we're going to just wholesale this. Okay. So 205, again, because no money down, at 2.5% interest. Um, and let's do like a four-year term. You know, maybe it's not the 10 or 15 years, but let's do a four-year term. Um, and let's do $1,000 a month principal. At least then he's getting up to 50 a month cash. So let's do 1025 a month. Okay. Okay. So we're going to enter in that as a negative. Negative, yeah. Oops. Yeah. So basically our balloon payment... Um, so if we did 205, yeah, should be about 174, yep. 48, yep. 1,025 negative, 174,848. So we got some principal pay down there, but we've got almost 30 grand over 30 years or four years. Um, we're able to offer the seller, um, 950. 75, 200, um, it's not a huge cash flow for the seller. Um, and maybe we even up the offer. Maybe we offer the payment to be 1,075. Yeah, just to give them kind of like what, 200 yeah. bucks. Or well, it'd probably be a little more than that. Um, if we offered 1,075, their payment is 950. Um, that's 125 plus the reimbursement 250. Um, it's not ideal. Um, yep. And we can only work or we have to work around these payments. It's not a choice. Yeah. So, but we could up the price because there's going to be, you know, significant pay down. Um, 1,075. So we're down to 172. So it doesn't make that big of a difference. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to offer them 207 now, um, uh, something like that. And uh, the only other option, uh, there's two more options, I think. Um, so what I would do with this one is I would just look to go wholesale it. Okay. So my exit strategy would be, hey, let's go find um, an owner-occupant that'll pay 20 grand or 15 or 17 or somewhere in that range, yeah. um, you know, for 230, 225, 220. Pass the terms um, on. It's got these great terms, right? And for the next four years and just wholesale it. Right. Uh, and make your money and be done. Um, that potentially could work. I don't know if we're trying to do longer term. I, I personally think that, all right, why don't we do something like um, even a higher price, 210. I don't want to get too high because, you know, 
I, I still got to sell this somehow, right? <laughs> yeah. And my uh, thoughts are if they're good at, what were they good at? One, or how much did the, or they, they were going to make a cash offer of 170, but we didn't know if yeah. that would really work. He was still considering it, but the goal is, is that he doesn't really want to get cashed out. Yeah. Okay. So even at 210 at 4%, it's only $1,000 a month, 4.25, 1,033, 4.5, 4.5, we're at 1,064. So we could go make a long-term deal at 1,064. A month. Yeah, so 210. Four and a half percent interest, I think it was. A thousand sixty-four month payment. So now our total payment would be um you know right around twelve hundred taxes and insurance. Would you amortize it over? Thirty years. <laughs> and you're right, what I'd probably do, Jonathan is instead of keep upping the interest rate, um, I think I would just shorten the term. So 210, a 4%, let's amortize it over 25 years. So we're at 11.08, that might be a little high. Okay. So you, as you can see, you can play with some of these numbers. So I could shorten the amortization. I can increase the the interest rate. Um, and my my biggest issue is is I want to keep the interest rate within reason of what you know what people could go to the bank and get right now. Um, right. So they're going to get below four and a half, but if they could go to the bank right now, they probably would instead of looking at this deal, right? Yeah. And um, uh, we could shorten the deal, uh, shorten the amortization, but I don't want the payment to get too high because I don't, uh, the, the payment's kind of the crucial part. No one, they're, they're not going to care as much about what the interest rate is or um, if they have a longer term and they've got an affordable payment with an affordable down payment, they don't care what the interest rate is, right? Right. So I'd probably leave it at four and a half at a thousand sixty-four, um, you know, twelve hundred basically, and let's say that we did this for ten years or twelve years. Um, so now what I might do is let's see, um, let's do twelve years, so one hundred and forty-four. Our balloon payment would be 157,326. This is 12 years. So we've got one that's at four years. We've got another one at 12 years. What what could we do on the exit here? Well, we could hold this. We, we, we could just rent it, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we could go spiff it up. I mean, we've got zero dollars in this house. We could go spend a few dollars to spiff it up um, and rent it. There's not going to be a huge cash flow, maybe 200, 300 pops. We could lease option it and let someone else go fix it up. And we don't do that. Um, and we lease option it to them for 235 long term. 
Okay. Uh, maybe even 245 long term. Like, hey, we'll give you a 10 year lease option. Um, uh, their payments, what, what do they owe after 10 years if you give them a long term lease option? They owe the same amount, right? Oh, yeah. Unless yeah. you're offering some of it to go toward principal. Right. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think. If you go out 12 years, you give them 12 years to rent and maintain this property and you make $200 a month. You got no money in it. Yeah. Um, at the end of 12 years, they still owe 235000 You owe 157 Right. So your payday doesn't come for quite a while. You do make some money, but you got no money in it. So yeah. um, that could work. And if you're to wait 12 years and we have, you know, market similar to what we have now where you're seeing in this market, you know, nine, 10% appreciation, there could be a big payday at the end of that. And, and yep, you don't have to offer them a long-term lease option. You could offer them a five-year lease option and, um, oh, you can't do it. Sorry. we got to renegotiate. Um, you could even make it, Hey, I'm willing to go long-term, but we're, we're not going to name the price now. We're going to have it appraised, and um, that will be your purchase price then. Yeah. I so think all I kinds of different things that you could do here. But yeah. this offer might work, right, for both the buyer and for you. Yeah. Okay? So let's talk about a third way and the last way. So one of the things that, that is really hurting us in this situation, there's two. One is the amount of work that's needed, and two, it's the two payments, right? Yeah. Payments are kind of holding us back. What if we did a subordination? Yeah. And we cashed out that 70 grand. So 70,000, if we could go borrow that at 7%, which I'm telling you, you can. It's $408 a month. Uh -huh. Okay. What if we then, so in all these other offers, what are we offering the seller? Two, $250 a month cash flow. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. What if we cash that out and now we offer the seller $500 a month cash flow? Um, one that gets us a better deal cash flow wise if we want to wholesale it or if we want to hold it. Um, that's putting us at 900, you know, probably, um, a thousand, um, 1100 total. Now we could potentially get $400 a month cash flow, right? Yeah. Again, no money down because we're borrowing that money. Um, uh, and then we could structure that note. So let, let's say that, all right, we offered him one at 205, one at 210. And let's say that this one's going to be 200 and we're going to borrow, oh, let's say 75,000. Um, and our payment's going to be know, seven by 12, 437. Um, but it also leaves us a little money to, pay closing costs or spiff up the property, clean it up, whatever, you know. Um, and you could potentially borrow, you know, 80 or 85,000. Problem is we don't want that payment to get too high on that first. 
now we can structure the note. Um, so we owe the seller um, 130,000 cash, right? Uh -huh. Paying off with 170 and we still owe him 130. Well, we don't want this payment to be too high. So let's just look at what would it be amortized over 30 years at 4%. Are you figuring this out too, or are you waiting for me? No, I'm trying to follow along here. Uh, are you lost? No, say that last one again. I was going to let's talk about how we're we're structuring the subordination. So we're going to cash out those two loans, right? Yeah, bring in and seventy-five, give five eliminate them, right? Yep. We, we potentially can borrow a little more than what's owed, and either put it in our pocket or put it into the property. Okay. Either way, but you want to be careful. We want to keep that payment low, yeah. right? What I'm trying to figure out now is, all right, we now owe the seller 130000 in second position on yeah. the property, right? So what can we offer the seller? This would, again, be a longer-term kind of situation. Um, what can we offer him that would make sense? Keeping in mind... And the other two options, he only was making two $250 a month cash flow. Uh -huh. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the 130000 present value. I'm yep. going to just take it at 4%, amortized over 30 years. That's 620 Okay. Right? Yep. That's too much, right? Um, yeah. That's putting us over the $1,000 mark. We, we don't want to be that high. Right. So what if um Just lowered the interest? Well, we, we could do like a, a two and a half percent kind of hybrid. Yeah, so why don't we see what that takes us? So let's do a hundred and thirty thousand present value. Yeah. Two point five. Let's do we've got a fourteen a twelve year, we've got a four year. Why don't we do like an eight year? So 96 months and $400 a month. Okay. Yeah, 400, yeah. So it's only paying down. And granted, yeah, how much can $400 a month pay down? 14,000. Yeah. So it's only paying down about 14,000. You have a balloon payment of 116. Thousand two eighty-eight. Yep. So we could make that kind of offer. Uh, we, we could extend that out to ten years or whatever. <clears throat> um, what I'd rather do is I'd rather up this price to two ten. Uh huh. Owe the seller one hundred and forty thousand on a note, and pay them four hundred dollars a month principal only. Ah, okay. Or Let's say eight years, so four hundred times ninety six. So now we're going to get thirty eight thousand four hundred dollars a month pay down over those eight years, and we upped it by ten grand. So, um, yeah, seller still does all right, getting a little better cash flow, and um, this would be the the one that I would want to either stay in the middle of. 
um, because there's no money up front. Uh-huh. I'm getting no money down. Um, I'm getting the best monthly payment um, so I can get the best cash flow. And then, um, you know, I'm going to sell it for, you know, 235, 245, what, whatever, or I can rent it or I could rent to own it. Um, I could sell it on terms, um, not as good of terms as what I have and collect the difference. Right. Um, I have some options. Yeah. But if you notice, I looked at this deal with me doing little to no work. Yeah. I think most people will look at doing this deal and doing the work and you could, you could, I just don't like it. I don't think you're going to get your money back out of it. Yeah. It's going to be stuck in there for four years, eight years, 12 years. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's a long time for, you know, tie up all that cash. So, well, Jeff, on this one, I think you're, you're really good at just about applying those numbers real fast like that. And so I was just trying to, so I was lost on this one a little bit. Um, so I guess I just kind of wanted to go over my takeaways. Yeah, go ahead. I don't mean to go too fast. Yeah. So tell me where you got lost. No, no, it's okay. Just, you know, following along with, cause you, you're, just the way you like apply the numbers, like, all right, well, let's try the 205 for this. <laughs> or let's try the 210. Yep. Um, but even if, you know, our listeners out there didn't follow along, I think the key takeaways and kind of what I took away is if you have a scenario where the seller wants a long term, um, a long term on their financing that they're going to offer you, or, you know, they want to defer paying capital gains like this guy does, then think about number one, selling to an owner occupant. Um, and you know you, you can just mark it up and wholesale it like you said jeff and and have wh- whoever your buyer <laughs> is put in the the sweat equity right yep so you mark it up your your wholesale fee and just you know wholesale it to them and and pass along the terms that you created with your seller to your your buyer and your buyer is just going to be an owner occupant that's going to basically put in the sweat equity to fix up the property um and then number two, you know, kind of a, a lease option scenario um, for a long term like that. And you can either lock in the sales price now or in the future. That would certainly defer their taxes. Um, and, you know, you can you could stay in the middle if you're able to make enough cash flow um, and there's a big enough payday at the end. Um, or, you know, you can, again, wholesale that lease option, right? Yep. Um, so you can pass that on to, to an owner-occupant as well. Um, and then number three, subordinating the loan, especially if there's uh, little owed in, uh, well, on, you know, combined, there was a little owed on both of those loans, you know, total right. like 70,000. So if you can do that, um, anytime you can do that, you're always, you can always usually offer the seller a little more money up front. So I guess my takeaways is, you know, look at it like you're going to sell it to an owner occupant long term and just pass on the terms. Um, always consider a lease option. Then anytime uh, you're, you can, you know, bring in a first position mortgage and pay off uh, what's there. You can put the seller in second to increase uh, the seller's cash flow. Try to subordinate. So one of the things that, that I want to point out, and if I went too fast, I apologize. Um, it's kind of the issue when I'm trying to create offers 
on the uh, fly that I yeah. haven't created before. No, right. I get it, yeah. Um, that, that's just what I do. And, well, and, and don't apologize because really, you know, people just need to practice doing this. Um, and, and so I, I practice just trying to follow along with you. Um, and, and hopefully some of our listeners can do the same. So, so the, the first thing that you should know is you don't have to create three offers for this property. Yeah. Right. You could have a 170 and then you could look at any one of the three that we put together and say, I only feel comfortable offering this one or yeah. that one. Um, I just want to give the seller a choice, but I'll tell you what makes this tricky is the amount of work that's needed. Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking, there is a, there's a family that will move into this house and be okay that it only has one bathroom, but the potential that they could add a second one. Yeah. Um, if the property is in good condition, just dated, um, you know, people will be okay going and doing laminate and doing it themselves and painting the house themselves as a weekend project. Um, that stuff is okay. If this needed a new roof, um, it had some electrical issues, you know, um, you know, whatever, that might be a little different story for an owner occupant. If it's more cosmetic, I think you're okay, especially if you can have enough room to make it worth their while or give them super sweet terms to get in. Yeah. Right. The next part, and the, the, this is the part that I would absolutely tell you you should never forget, okay? If none of the rest of this podcast made any sense to you, when you have someone that wants a long-term, uh, a, a longer term, you know, seven years, 10 years, 15 years, um, you should always, always tell them, look, I can't guarantee when this buyer may go and refinance and get a new loan. If you want to be sure that you're not getting paid out and that you're going to continue to collect these payments or this interest or, or not have that tax consequence that you're, you're avoiding, we need to do substitution of collateral. And which allows us that, hey, if our buyer goes and gets refinanced after year two, and we've got eight more years to go, I can't make payments to you on money that just sits in an escrow account. I got to be able to go use that money somewhere else that'll be attached to real estate or it'll be sitting in an escrow account controlled by the title company. Yeah. And I only get to use it if I secure you in first position with at least as good of a deal as you had here and with your approval. And, but you got to know, if I don't have your approval, I'm just paying you. And yeah. now this deal, now you want to uh, be around for this. And maybe the goal would be is cash it out as soon as possible so that you have use of $130,000 um, or so at you know maybe $400 a month principal only payments, um, something like that. Um, now you just got yourself a little bit of hard money at super great rates that right. you can use how you want. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great takeaway too. I was kind of thinking about that in the beginning of this, like how can you you know use substitution of collateral if uh, in a long term scenario for the seller? Well, the 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 way that you use it is on that subordination offer. Um, so maybe you you make that cash offer and maybe only make the subordination offer. You don't give the seller as many options. I don't know. It depends and. Um, as does anything in creative financing, depends on what your goals are. And so what I was saying is that my goal always is, is what does the seller want? Because if I can't get the seller to agree, it doesn't matter what my buyer will want or what I want. I got to get the seller to agree. So I got to put something out there that's going to make sense for the seller. And if I can't make that work, then I'm probably going to move on, right? Um, I'm not going to waste my time trying to absolutely try to create something. And if I do it with the seller and the seller says yes, and then I really don't want it because I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I want to hear what the seller's saying. And in this, the seller said two very important things. I'd like longer term and I'm willing to do no money down. And uh, that right there makes this a potential deal, something that I would absolutely try to work out. And if you didn't understand all the offers, it's okay. Uh, These are all the same offers that we talk about on so many different episodes. Yeah, it's Um, true. Go back, um, listen, uh, practice. Um, what you heard me doing is playing with numbers, trying to make them work. Yeah. In real time. Yep. yep. And the goal is, is that, Hey, would this seller really accept, uh, you know, 150 or $200 a month cash flow with no money up front when he's got, you know, a hundred to $130,000 in equity in my mind? No, he wouldn't. Right. He might. But you know, I, I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out how do I get him something that might make sense. That's yeah. what, you know, I was playing with the price, the interest rate, the amortization, um, trying to figure out how I could get him a, a number that would work so that we could still try to make this whole thing come together. Right. And in the end, that's the most important thing because if you can't make it work for your seller, there's no deal. For right. So. But at the same time, I can't make it so good for the seller that if the seller says yes, then I have no exit strategy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you have to know your exit strategy going in up front for sure. At least several ideas of what they potentially could be. Yeah. And then you can always get help with <laughs> numbers, um, you know, even – uh, you know, if you have a mentor that you can go to um, online financial forum or calculators in a, in a you know, a, a forum online, um, you know, or even call into our hotline and leave us a message. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap it up right there then, Jeff. Um, I hope you guys, uh, you know, could see those takeaways throughout this podcast. Um, and I know that going over these numbers fast like that is sometimes hard to follow along and you're probably listening to this and you know either driving or in the gym or you know in the middle of work or something like that um but if you can just take away uh you know the the foundational pieces um that should add value to you so anyway 
Guys, if you want to reach us, uh, you can on our hotline. And again, we're looking for more people to bring on the show where, you know, they've, they've made an offer, um, you know, create a financing offer to a seller. We want to get those people on the podcast and uh, we want to talk about their deal, um, help them structure terms and, uh, and find out, uh, you know, what their extra strategy is. Um, so if you've got a deal that you're working on and uh, you'd love to get on the show and, and kind of present it, because if we can help, you know, one person out there, then we're helping all of our audience because, uh, you know, you guys are all out there trying to do the same thing, um, creating some terms, right? So anyway, reach out to us on our hotline. Um, and if you have questions, comments, whatever, or if you want to join uh, Jeff's apprenticeship program, that number is 877-409-8090. Again, 877-409-8090. You can also text CFP uh, to that number and uh, get a special link to um, a video that Jeff put together on, you know, structuring these, these offers, um, you know, step-by-step step, start to finish. Uh, you can see his letter of intent there. So it's a really well done video. Um, yeah. So text creative financing or CFP to 877-409-8090. Um, we're also, all of our episodes are on the web at the creative financing podcast.com. We're on Facebook at the creative financing podcast. Uh, any last words, Jeff? Sorry if uh, then, yep, that was a little quick and a little more um, uh, hard to follow. But take what you can from this. And that is, remember, we, always, we, we worked backwards, right? We took what it could rent for. We took out the expenses. We knew how much money we had to work with. Um, you know, we, we had already had that foundational cash offer. So we wanted to offer more. Now the question is, how much do we want to offer? And how do we structure the payment and the term? Um, that's really what I was doing. So if you take that so that you're starting to train your mind on what to look for, that'll be the helpful part. Good. Awesome. Okay, guys. Till next time, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.